about tithing tonight. We're doing a series on uh, uh, finances on, uh, uh, well, I don't even remember what I'm titling this series, but it's something about finances. I know I've been teaching about six weeks on finances, and tonight we're going to talk about tithing and what we can expect from God. One thing just to sum it up right from the very beginning is when you tithe, you can expect to be blessed. You know, you can expect to be blessed. Hallelujah. So you need to approach tithing from that direction. Let's talk about what is the tithe. Uh, the Hebrew word for tithe actually means the tenth part or payment of a tenth part. So we know that the tithe is 10% of a person's income or increase. And tithing began before the law. A lot of times arguments that people present concerning tithing is that we are redeemed from the curse of the law, therefore we are redeemed from tithing because tithing is the law. But actually tithing was before the law. Actually tithing was, if you really get down to it, was from the very beginning. Actually when God put Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, he made them tithe. He told them, here's one thing that you can't touch. In the whole garden, it was the knowledge, uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that represented the tithe. And then of Cain and Abel, he, got, he, uh, he told them to bring the first, the first fruits or the firstlings of their uh, flock, actually, the firstlings of their flock, uh, representing the first fruits or the tithe. And then we know that in Genesis chapter 14, and if you'll turn with me there, we'll restart reading there. We've got quite a bit of ground to cover tonight. And I guarantee you, you're going to learn something about the tithe tonight. I don't care how long you've been knowing about it or studying about it. You'll still learn something tonight. Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. By the way, it's good to see y'all. It's good to be here. We missed you. Hallelujah. But we did have a good time over there in Georgia land. We went to... Uh, First, we went to Ed Dufresne's meetings, and Wednesday night we were in the church in Birmingham and with Ed Dufresne. And by the way, the pastor was the only one that got a word that night. And Ed Dufresne said to him, came up beside him and said to him, the future looks bright for you. So I decided that I would hook up with him. And <laughs> I thought if the future's bright for him, I think I'll hook up. So you ought to, too, because you can just get that slopped over blessing. You know, from the future looking bright. And then we went to hear Nancy Dufresne on Thursday morning, and that was really good. And then we uh, left town, even though Miss Peggy told us we couldn't. We did anyway. And uh, we went to Savannah and toured Savannah. And, out, you know, we went really to spend the whole, spend the whole time in Savannah, but we, we, one day we saw it and we said, well, did that. Been there, done that. You know, and thought, I don't think there's much to fill the next two days with. So we decided, well, we're going to go down to Brunswick, Georgia, not really knowing where we was going, but we drove down there and happened on to St. Simon's Island, and I highly recommend it. Amen. I highly recommend St. Simon's Island, Georgia. If you, it's, it's different than Destin. You know, Destin's kind of, you know, and, uh, but this is, this is like all these old, y'all want to hear this instead of tithing? <laughs> uh, there's all these old oak trees, you know, hanging over the streets with all this Spanish moss dripping off of them. It's just quite quaint and quite romantic. And uh, just ought to go there sometime. Praise God. It was fun. Had a good time. Praise God. Okay, we're in uh, Genesis chapter 14, verse 18. 
It says, And Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was the priest of the Most High God. And he blessed him, talking about Abraham, and said, Blessed be Abram of the Most High God, possessor of heaven and earth. And blessed be the Most High God, which hath delivered thine enemies into thine hand. And he gave him tithes of all. And the king of Sodom said unto Abram, Give me the persons and take the goods to thyself. So we see here that Abram, before the law, the law was not given till much later, given to Moses, but before the law, Abram paid tithes to Melchizedek. And he did that. Abraham is our father of faith. He paid tithes out of a heart, out of a willing heart to give, and he paid his tithe, he paid the tithe by faith. And that's important that we remember that. And then in Genesis chapter 28, I want you to remember the tithing by faith part. Genesis chapter 28, verse 20. And Jacob vowed a vow, saying, If God be with me and will keep me in this way, that I go and will give me bread to eat and raiment to put on, so that I come again to my father's house in peace. Then shall the Lord be my God, and this stone which I have set for a pillar shall be God's house. And of all that thou shalt give me, I will surely give the tenth unto thee. So we have Abram who paid the tithe to Melchizedek. We know that Abram uh, had Isaac, and Isaac had Jacob. And here we're talking about Jacob, and Jacob commits to God to tithe. And so these are two Old Testament men before the law who it specifically says paid tithes and gave tithes. One thing I want you to notice about the tithe there is how Jacob, how it was passed down from Abraham and then through Isaac and then through Jacob to be a tither. And it's so important that you, that you pass this to your children. If you will teach your children to tithe when they're little, then when they grow up, even the struggles maybe that you have gone through concerning tithing, or maybe you never went through it because your parents set that example. But there are people that go through big struggles in order to finally learn and get to be tithers. But if you will teach your children when they're small, then, then they will never, ever, ever have a problem tithing. Now, and, you know, Pastor and I proved this in our own lives because when our kids, you know, we always have given allowance because that's why my parents did is they gave allowance, but they didn't teach me to tithe. But you know what? I had grandparents that tithed, and I knew they did. Hallelujah. I just love how God blesses down through the generations. Amen. I tell you what, I have so much to be thankful for. So much of the things that are in my life are there because my grandparents set a godly example the whole time. Even when my parents were off doing wrong, 10 years my parents did not serve God. When I was right in the middle of real crucial years, from the time I was 5 till I was 15, my parents did not serve God. And uh, but, but my grandparents setting that example, and you know, we lived four hours from them, but still, even from that distance, when we'd go to their house, when we'd go, just my grandparents just setting that example. And my grandparents prayed. I'm telling you what, my grandparents prayed me where I never got into trouble. It wasn't the prayers of my parents. It was the prayers of my grandparents. So that encourages all of us grandparents that for us to, to, that we can make a big difference in our kids' lives and in our children's lives and in our grandchildren's lives. But if you'll start your children young, they'll never have a problem. Now, I've seen parents that say, well, you know, you give a kid a dollar, you hate to take a dollar and say, okay, now you got to give 10 cents and you have 90 cents, now you don't have that dollar bill. But it is so important, it is so easy to give 10 cents on the dollar, amen? When you give that kid that 
$5 for allowance to, 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 to tell him, now you need to pay your tithe. Now, and when you give the, when grandparents give the kids money for birthday, uh, now, okay, how much did you get for your birthday? And getting them to pay, then when they're older, they'll just never know anything else. They'll never think a thing about it. It'll never be hard. They'll never, they'll never have anything but faith to tithe. Amen. And so it's easy for them. So that's what Abraham did. It was easy. Jacob knew about the tithe because it was passed down. Hallelujah. Then uh, tithing was also a part of the law. So tithing was before the law, but tithing was also under the law. Let's go to Leviticus chapter 27. And we'll learn some things from how God told them to tithe under the law. We know we don't tithe because of the law. Now, but we can learn some principles of how they did it. Leviticus chapter 27, and we're going to look at verse 30. And it says, In all the tithe of the land, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree, is the Lord's. It is holy unto the Lord. And if a man will at all redeem aught of his tithes, he shall add thereto the fifth part thereof. And concerning the tithe of the herd or of the flock, even of whatsoever passeth under the rod, the tenth shall be holy unto the Lord. So one of the things we learn here, first of all, you see that they were an agriculture, agricultural economy. And so God speaks to them in agricultural terms. So we have to translate, don't we? We have to translate to what it's, it, and we tithe on our increase. But I want you to notice that God says that in, in Leviticus, one thing we can learn is the tithe is holy. The tithe is still holy. Amen. Yeah. Praise God. Well, and now let's learn. Oh, I wanted to point out to you there. Did you notice there that the, if they did not, if they wanted to wait on paying their tithe and they did not pay their tithe, in verse 30, it says, um, or excuse me, in verse 31, it says, if you want to wait on paying your tithe, then what you have to do is you have to add the fifth part to it. Now, the, that would be one-fifth. The fifth part would be one-fifth, which would be 20%. So what it said was, if you uh, are late or you don't pay your tithes, and then later you realize, I've got a tithe, then you have to make it up. Now, this is the law. This is the law saying this. You need to make it up, and here's what you do. You, not Instead of now tithing 10%, now tithe 30%. <laughs> add the fifth part. Add 20% to it. So now you're tithing 30%. Now, I want you to keep that in mind. We're going to talk about that later, okay? And then turn to Exodus chapter 23. We're still looking at tithing under the law. The law was given to Moses. Exodus 23, verse 19. It says, uh, The first of the first fruits of thy land thou shalt bring into the house of the Lord thy God. Thou shalt not see the kid in his mother's milk. So he says, the first of the first fruits, bring it into the house of the Lord. And then if you'll look in Deuteronomy chapter 14, we're going to learn about the tithe tonight. And you will have, when we finish tonight, you will have comprehensive tithing 101 down. You have, will have been to tithing school. You know, we, we teach at this all the time, you know, in tithes and offerings. But, you know, it's good sometimes to just sit down and see the whole picture. Okay, so we're in Deuteronomy chapter 14, verse 22. And it says, Thou shalt, tithe, thou shalt truly tithe all the increase of thy seed that the field bringeth forth year by year. And thou shalt eat before the Lord thy God in the place which he shall choose to place his name there, the tithe of thy corn, of thy wine, and of thy oil, and the firstlings of thy herds, and of thy flocks, 
that thou mayest learn to fear the Lord thy God always. I want you to notice there in verse 23 that you tithe. He says there, that we're going to talk about this later too, that you tithe in the place where he shall choose to place his name there. And he, he specifically tells them there where they are to tithe. Now look in Deuteronomy chapter 26 and look in verse 2. It says, Thou shalt take of the first of all the fruit of the earth, which thou shalt bring of the, la the land that the Lord thy God giveth thee, and shall put it in a basket, and shall go unto the place which the Lord thy God shall choose to place his name there. So again, he tells us, he's given us directions of how we should tithe. You know, you take it into the place where God shall choose to put his name, and you put the tithe into the basket, or you could say into the offering bucket. So I mean... He's specifically, you know, giving us directions here. Now, tithing was also after the law. And that brings us to the question I want to show you in the New Testament where tithing is. Now, that brings us to the question, though, of when did the law end? And I don't, now I want you to not answer this out loud, but I want you in your mind to answer this question. When did the law end? Now, you're, everybody got the answer in their mind? You got the answer. Okay, now turn to Luke chapter 16 and verse 16. Luke chapter 16, verse 16. You've got the answer there in your mind. And now we're going to read the scripture. It says, The law and the prophets were until John. Now I would venture to say that most of you missed the answer to that question. Of when did the law end? It said the law and the prophets were until John. And that's referring to John the Baptist. Okay? Did anybody get that? Nobody. I didn't figure you did because I didn't. I was like, oh, the law ended with John. Okay. Okay. The law and the prophets were until John. Look, listen to this. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached, and every man presseth into it. So he tells us that the, that the law and the prophets ended with John. The law ended with John, and from John on, the kingdom of God began. Okay? So that gives us a really important clue about tithing after the law, because then we can go over to Luke chapter 11, verse 42, and if, if the law ended at John the Baptist then what Jesus says in Luke 11.42 is not law, but it's kingdom of God principles. Okay? Luke 11, verse 42, he said, But woe unto you Pharisees, for ye tithe mint and rue and all manner of herbs, and pass over judgment and the love of God. These ought ye to have done and not to leave the other undone. It, right there, if Jesus was going to do away with tithing, Right there is where he would have done away with it. But instead, he said, you Pharisees, he said, you tithe. He said, you're just doing it down to the leather of the law. You tithe, but, but you're not doing this tithing right. You're doing it out of the letter of the law. You're, you've left love. You forgot about love. You forgot about judgment. He said, you forgot all of those things. He said, you need to do those things and the other also. He told them, you ought to tithe too. Amen. Amen? So right there, we know that tithing is after the law because the law ended with John the Baptist. And Jesus, John, this is John the Baptist, that's over Jesus now. Now we've got a kingdom of God principle. Then go to Hebrews chapter 7. 
We have another reference to tithing. New Testament. New Covenant. Kingdom of God. Amen. Hebrews chapter 7. Boy, you did learn something tonight, didn't you? Hallelujah. It says, For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, priest of the Most High God, who met Abram, returning from the slaughter of the kings, and blessed him, to whom also Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation king of righteousness, and after that also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither beginning of days nor end of life, but made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now he's talking there about Melchizedek. And a lot of people teach that Melchizedek is a, and some people say this different, but a theophany, which is an Old Testament appearance of God. God appeared to the people several times in the Old Testament. And we don't have time to go through those all tonight. But he literally appeared to them. And uh, in the form of a man, he would appear to them. And, he, and it happened two or three times in the Old Testament than we, that, we, that we know of. And, but some people say, no, Melchizedek wasn't a theophany. But it's very peculiar that he calls him king of righteousness. That he calls him king of peace. That he says he didn't have father or mother. That he had no genealogy or descent. He has no beginning of days. He has no end of life. And he's made like unto the Son of God, and he abideth a priest continually. Sounds to me like Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so, uh, but whether it was or not, Abraham paid tithes to him. Now, verse 4, now consider how great this man was, unto whom even the patriarch Abraham gave the tenth of the spoils. And verily, they that are of the sons of Levi, who received the office of the priesthood, have a commandment to take tithes of the people according to the law, that is, of their brethren, though they come out of the loins of Abraham. But, uh, okay, let me see how far I'm going to read here. Yeah, I'm just going to read further. Verse 6, But he whose descent is not counted from them received tithes of Abraham and blessed him that had the promises. And without all contradiction, the less is blessed of the better. And here men that die receive tithes, but there he receiveth them of whom it is witnessed that he liveth. So Abraham, before the law, gave to King Melchizedek. Now, we give tithes after the law to our high priest, Jesus Christ. It says there that Jesus receives the tithe. It says that men take the tithes, that the priest has a commandment to take the tithe, and that then, that then, but that Jesus receives the tithe in heaven. When you tithe, pastor, re- pastor takes the tithe up, pastor receives it, and you, but Jesus receives that tithe in heaven. Hallelujah. And that, I mean, that's how it works. Praise God. That's, uh, that's a good thing to know. Um, Abraham and New Testament believers give tithes as an act of worship and an act of love for God. Men receive our tithes here on earth. Jesus receives them in heaven. Now, we want to talk about where do I tithe? Now, we touched on that just a minute before. We read there in Deuteronomy chapter 12, verse 11, we read that we tithe where God chooses to place his name or where his name dwells. Specifically, that was referring to the tabernacle of Moses or the house of God. Malachi 3.10 tells us that we're to bring all the tithe into the storehouse. Well, the storehouse is, uh, uh, is, the, uh, is where you get your spiritual treasure. 
The storehouse is where you get fed. And the local church is supposed to be a rich spiritual treasury. It's supposed to be where you get fed and where you bring your tithe. And the Bible says, turn to Malachi chapter 3. Let's just look at that because the, uh, there's some specific instructions there. He says, uh, first of all, in verse 10, he says, bring ye all the tithe. One thing I want to point out to you is he says, bring ye all the tithe. So we know from that right there that it's not scriptural to subdivide our tithe. Now, I'm trying to answer all the questions tonight that I have seen come up through the years. I've seen people want to split their tithe, give part of it here and part of it there. But he said, no, bring all the tithe. And then he, it's also that we, we, uh, we, it says bring the tithe. Did you notice that it didn't say mail the tithe? Amen. It didn't say send the tithe. It didn't say um, charge the tithe. Now, we know that there are situations where maybe you're on vacation or something, an extended vacation, where you might mail your tithe or something. But God wants to see you in his house. Amen. He wants you coming into his storehouse, and he wants to see you there. I've seen uh, literally uh, churches, I've seen this, where you could have a... Uh, what do they call that? Where, like where the electric bill just automatically makes a draw on your a draft. Where they draw a draft on your account for your tithe every month. But it doesn't, it does, yeah, you can do that in some churches. You can literally sign a thing and the church will draw a draft on your account like your house payment does. Or some of you may have something that pays automatically on your account. Yeah, and there, you can literally do that in some churches. But the Bible says, no, you're to bring the tithe. Because they're supposed to be faith released. And your high priest Jesus wants you in the house, bringing the tithe into the storehouse, and then uh, he receives it in heaven. And then it says there in Malachi verse, chapter 3, verse 10, 10, it says that there may be meat in mine house. Now there's two meanings there to the word meat. There's, there's a double reference. A lot of times God uses the word meat when he talks about mature food for, the, for you know, good, strong, mature food. He says if we bring the tithe into the storehouse, there will be good, strong, mature food for the believer. You know, sometimes we gripe about churches that we used to be in or whatever, and we gripe about because they didn't feed us. They aren't feeding the word over there. Sometimes the reason preachers don't feed the word is the people's fault, not the preacher's fault. Sometimes if the people, and I'm not, this is not every church, but some, the people aren't bringing their tithes, and so the pastor is having to do things he shouldn't be doing. He can't hire the staff he needs. He's in the hospital all the time. Most denominational pastors spend their life at the hospital. Amen. They don't have time to study the Word. When we lived in Seminole, Texas, there were, well, we had a county hospital, but nobody, if you had anything wrong with you, you did go there. You know, <laughs> it was just... <laughs> You know, it was just the stopping point for the ambulance if it picked you up. You know, there's a law in Texas, I don't know if it's that way here, that they have to go to the closest hospital. So that was the stopping point. And, but if there was anything wrong with you, you didn't go there. So you people either went 60 miles south to Odessa, 60 miles south to Midland, or 80 miles north to Lubbock to the hospital. Those pastors, now we didn't do this because we kept our people well by feeding them the Word of God. We had to go a few times, but not often. But, you know, um, um, the, the denominational preachers, I mean, they kept the road hot every day to Lubbock, every day. You can't study the Word of God and stay on the road all the time going to the hospital and visiting the hospital. But if the people would bring their tithes into the storehouses in those churches, the pastors could hire staff to go. 
and the staff could go and minister to the sick. Amen? And then, and then the pastor wouldn't be having to take a part-time job. But the ministers are not supposed to be working. Full-time ministers are not supposed to be working. And there's two reasons they are. Either they've not taught their people to tithe and to give, and they've not taught them to tithe and give, and, they, and so, so they, there's not enough money for them to quit work. Or sometimes the preacher, literally, I've seen where the preacher was just in fear, just wouldn't step out in faith. But just, I'm going to tell you, listen, God might call somebody to make tents for a little bit of a season until he gets a church running, but there's, you should, uh, a full-time minister should not be working a job if he's really called after a certain length of time. You just can't do it effectively. You just can't study and pray like you need to pray and not abuse your body. Amen. And so God, and you know, Michael and I, I guess maybe that was one good thing we got out of the Baptist church is because we just, we'd never seen one of our ministers work. We didn't, we didn't even know Paul said you could build, make tents, you know. And, uh, uh, and uh, so it just never occurred to us to think about working. And so it was like we were farmers and realized God was calling us to ministry and we started trying to get rid of the farm. It occurred to us later that we probably could have kept the farm and hired it out done or something. But, you know, we were so set. We were supposed to be in the ministry. We was like, well, let's get rid of this thing. And, you know, we had a, we had a very small church. I mean, we were starting out. Uh, we just, but we just believed God. We just believed God. And you know what? When the, sometimes we'd come to the offering. We'd take the offering. We'd go back there and we'd count it. And you know it wouldn't be enough to pay us what they said they'd pay us every week. You know what we did in that case? We just believed God. Amen. Listen, if you if you're not if your paycheck is not enough, just uh, there's one thing you do is you believe God. And if you're a tither, I guarantee you the Bible says that I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging for bread. He didn't say he didn't say that the paycheck was always going to look just right. Amen. There's just one thing. Stay in faith. Just stay in faith. Just stay in faith. I can't tell you until Pastor and I built a church and until we even got the faith, our, the faith of our people built up and our own faith, faith built up, I can't tell you the times we did not get a paycheck. I can, never, I can tell you we never did not pay our house payment. Never did we miss paying our house payment. Never were we late with our house payment. Never did we miss a car payment. Never did we not have groceries. Never did we not have utilities. Never did our kids not have good clothes to wear. And we had good clothes to wear. And never did with our kids not have uh, Christmas. Never did they not have new Easter clothes. Not one time. How did God do it? I don't know. I couldn't tell you how he did all that. But he did it. He did it every time. We never thought he wouldn't do it. You know, sometimes it's, it, it's so good to be immature in the Lord. It's so good. Because you, when you're immature, you just believe him. You just believe he will. You just believe that he will. And he does. Listen, if he's not doing it for you, there's one reason you don't believe. And that's the only reason. And that doesn't mean that you don't go through some rocky time. I'm telling you, we went through some rocky times financially. We went through some times where it didn't feel good to our flesh. Oh, it might, but I tell you what. I mean, we went through some times where ends didn't meet. I mean, they were, ends did not only not meet, they were miles apart. Well, you couldn't see both ends at the same time. We went, I'm telling you. We still sometimes go through things where 
you know. And, and a lot of times now we bring it on ourselves. We purposely stretch ourselves. We'll, we'll get unction to give it away and then think, you know. <laughs> now we do it on purpose. Then it wasn't on purpose. And, and you know, and, and I tell you when, you, when you're young in the Lord and this, your flesh screams. Your flesh screams. I, I can't stand this. It's the, and, and you're, you know, and you know, you'll just nearly have the running heebie-jeebies because of fear. Fear. And, but just stay in faith. Just stay in faith. Just stay in faith. Amen. And I tell you what, when you're going through times like this, you get in trouble when you look at the big picture. Now, I wanted to help somebody with this. I don't know who it is. But when you're through those times when ends don't meet and ends are, you can't even see both ends at the same time. And you're in those times. One thing, I love what Brother Jesse says, this too shall pass. I promise you it's going to pass. Amen? But I tell you, you know, we're always telling y'all, look at the big picture. And there's times you do need to look at the big picture, but one time when you don't need to look at the big picture is those times. You know, when we're in those times of finances, we want to we sit down every night and add up all the bills and think about, well, now this is going to be due on the 15th of next month, and, you know, income tax is coming up April 15th, and we want to look at the, and, and then we want to add up all that we know that's coming in, and we like to look at that big picture. When you're in that place of that stretch where ends don't meet, quit looking at the big picture. What do you need today? Only look at today. Is the electric bill due today? Then look at it and look at it only and say, God, i got to pay the electric bill. I nearly sat down in y'all's lap. <laughs> and quit looking at next week's house payment, next week's car payment. Quit looking at the taxes for, that are due April 15th. Look at today and say, God, i got to have this today. And then tomorrow, what do you have to have? Got to need groceries today. Got to need a pair of shoes for the kids by Friday. And look at that and look at that only. And walk this thing out. Day by day by faith. Amen. It's daily bread. That's what it is. It's daily bread. Daily bread. You're going to get in trouble. You guys that sit down there and you want to budget it and you want to plan it because you are going to get in unbelief. You're going to get in fear and you're going to say, we can't tithe. And then you are in serious trouble, family. Okay? Praise God. Now, look at Malachi 3. We're there. And verse. Uh, let's look at the benefits of tithing. This is why I tell you you're in serious trouble. Because he says there will be meat in your house. Now, there's two things for meat. One of them is that spiritually mature food, but also it's the provision of the church. It's literally what the church needs to function, the meat that the church needs to function, to have outreach, to reach out, Okay? And he says, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. There's one of the benefits of tithing, is when you tithe, God opens the windows of heaven. That's why when you don't tithe, you look at all, you're trying to make ends meet, you're trying to make it come out on paper. God didn't tell you to make it come out on paper. He said, tithe and believe me. There's times that there's a, it's right to budget, but there's times throw the budget away. I mean, you, you can't budget nothing. We had a $750 a month house payment. 
I don't know how God paid it every time. I can tell you one thing, he paid it different every time. Sometimes it came in. Sometimes it didn't come in. Sometimes he used our family. You know, family would come up to us and give us money. I thought, you know, they was doing it uh, because I was their daughter. I found out later, because as I matured and grew, there came a day when God wasn't talking to family anymore. And, you know, I realized, you know, it wasn't because I was their daughter, because 10 years later, I still their daughter. And I still, and I still had needs. And God had matured my faith, and he quit using them. And I'm thinking, well, why aren't y'all doing anything anymore? And I realized, you know, God was, every time they gave to us, it was God moving on them. It was God moving on them. My mom would come and say, I think I want to take the kids and buy them all new Easter clothes. And, you know, I, you know, and I thought it was because she was their granny. But, you know, there came a time when I could buy the Easter clothes when she quit buying them. You know? And you get tempted to get mad at them and get your feelings hurt. But, you know, it's God moving on them. And, you know, there were times when God said, have a garage sale. And I put stuff, you know, I had all these figurines. We'd been farmers. I used to spending all the money I wanted to spend. I had figurines. I had birds. I had crystal. I had all sorts of stuff. You can't believe Man, it, I sold in the garage sale. I had one of our church members, I just don't understand why she is selling all her stuff in the garage sale. I'm thinking, sister, it's called eating. <laughs> I mean, really. You know, I, there, was, we, there was times we sold furniture. I mean, one day we got up and the Lord said, we had a paid-for suburban. The Lord said, Hey, Lord, I just remember, we had a paid-for card once. I just remember that. And the Lord said, sell the Suburban. Told us how much to ask for it. He took me out of a Suburban and put me in a Cavalier. Well, why would you want to do that? An unpaid-for Cavalier, believing for a car payment now. But I had $8,000 cash. That was when a new Suburban cost thirteen. The first Suburban we bought cost $13,000 new. We thought, amen. Praise God. He did it different every time is my point to you. Okay, he opened the windows of heaven. You want the windows of heaven open over you. He said, he, number two, he would pour out a blessing out of those windows. Now, we know that, that God is not pouring money out of heaven. But what he is pouring out of heaven is opportunities. Amen. So many opportunities that you're going to have to sort through them. You know, Jim, Strahan, you got so many opportunities, you can't take them all, can you? So you have to be wise, don't you? I mean, that keep you praying, just saying, what God, what opportunities? Pastor and I have so many opportunities here in the church to minister the Word. There's so many things we could do that we have to know from God what we're supposed to do. Amen. And so opportunities, he pours out opportunities, praise God. Uh, we need to look for our opportunities. But, you know, every opportunity is not the one that we're to take. Hallelujah. You Sometimes Satan will throw in one, too. That happens. So you have to be careful. You have to pray. This, is not, this does not exempt you from praying and seeking God. Hallelujah. And God, I'll tell you, God doesn't throw mixed blessings at you. You know, here's you a little opportunity, and it's real good parts of it. 
You don't know how many church members take those opportunities and say, you know, I know God gave me this. There's only one problem. It's, you know, unequal yokes, all these cursed parts to it. You know, God doesn't throw mixed blessings at you. Amen. And we have to discern those. Hallelujah. Okay. Um, and he says, and, and I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. The devourer is rebuked for your sake when you're a tither. Now, you know what? None of this stuff is automatic. You know how I know that? Because there's good people in Tuscaloosa that have been tithing for years that are just being eat up by the devil. you got to take your faith. You know, Satan's a legalist. If you don't make him obey this, he won't. If you don't hold his nose to the ground and say, the devourer is rebuked for my sake. You are not devouring my income. You are not devouring my income at the doctor's office. That can devour it. Amen. Amen. You are not devouring my income by causing me to miss work and causing me to, to not get paid. You're not, devouring, uh, you're not devouring my health. The devourer is rebuked for my sake. You're not devouring, you know, you're not devouring my uh, income by causing stuff to break down at my house. I know Leroy Thompson, he, I heard him on a tape, you know, he said uh, back, you know, in the stretching times, like I was telling you all about, we went through, you know, he'd said the washing machine would quit. He'd go in there, he'd slap his hand on it and say, I told you to run in Jesus' name. But he said, you know, there came a time, like now, God won't let him do that because he's got the money. When it breaks down, he just calls and says, bring a new one out, you know. And so there's a time, though, when you can, when you, and you know, even now, if it's, if it's a month old family, you can rebuke the devourer on these things. I'm, I'm, so don't get me wrong here. I'm not saying that, but sometimes people got the money in the bank and they want to take a 20-year-old washing machine and, and throw their hand on it and say, I command you to work in Jesus' name. Well, you're just being an old tightwad. It's probably avocado green. <laughs> And you need to update and get out of the 70s. Pastor and I had a mobile home right back then before they were called mobile homes. Now they're not even called mobile homes. Now they're called manufactured housing. But they went from being called trailer houses to mobile homes and then manufactured housing. We had one when they were trailer houses. And it was avocado green from stem to stern, potties, commodes, sinks. <laughs> Bathtub, carpet, linoleum, refrigerator, washer, dryer, dinette, and couch, sofa. It was avocado. I, I never want to see avocado green the whole rest of my life. Never, ever, ever, ever. We paid $4,800 for this mobile home and, and lived in it three years and sold it for $4,800. Oh, that wasn't bad, was it? God was blessing us even then. Didn't even have sense enough to know it. And he says there, I will rebuke the devourer for your sakes. You need to get in there about the devourer being rebuked. And, and you can get healed on that right there. And he shall not destroy the fruit of your ground, neither shall your vine cast her fruit before the time in the field, saith the Lord of hosts. I mean, you can just get all sorts of things from God just right here. Just from this is a benefit of tithing. Your vine will not cast its fruit. Before it's time, 
Hallelujah. Glory to God. And then he says, verse 12, And all nations shall call you blessed, for ye shall be a delightsome land, saith the Lord of hosts. This is the fifth benefit of tithing. God wants others to see his blessing in our lives. I typed this out. I want to read this to you. Prosperity preaches a wonderful message about the goodness of God. The world around us doesn't see us in our prayer closets. They don't see us attending church two or three times each week. They don't see us reading our Bibles or praising the Lord. They don't see our tithing and our giving. There is no halo over your head. Y'all know there's not, don't you? But they do see our lifestyle, and one thing the world recognizes is prosperity. It's the language the world understands, and God wants to talk to the world. The world understands prosperity, don't they? Amen. Now, there's some things the Lord wanted me to tell you all tonight. We've looked at all the scriptures and everything. One of the things we're going to do is answer some questions. But I want to talk to you first for a few minutes about not tithing under the law. See, a lot of Christians are tithing, but they're not getting the benefit of it or the blessing of it because they tithe under the law. They tithe out of obligation instead of in faith. It's a real simple adjustment. It's really just an adjustment in your mind and heart. But it's a tithing, and you probably have made that adjustment even since you've been in this church. Because when we take up tithes and offerings, we, we endeavor to give you faith to give. We, we endeavor to give you faith to, to, to bring your tithe. And tonight, I hope that it, we brought you faith as we taught on the tithe. But, there's, but if you tithe under the law, under obligation, if you, if you have the attitude of, I've got to do this, if I don't do this, I'm going to be cursed with a curse. You're focused on the wrong part. And the Bible says that if we put ourselves under the law, we literally bring ourselves under the curse. And so we can be doing the right thing and walking under the curse at the very same time because we're doing it according to the law. God did away with the law. He now has written the law in our hearts. We know to tithe because it, it, we know it's right in our hearts. He wrote the law of God on our hearts. And so now he wants us to tithe like Abraham tithed. Abraham tithed before the law and he tithed by faith. And everything in the new covenant is by faith. The Bible says that by grace are ye saved through faith. By grace are you sozoed. And saved there implies all deliverance and healing. By grace are ye saved. Not only saved to go to eternal life in heaven, but saved from sickness and disease. Saved from poverty. By grace are ye saved through faith. And not of yourselves, not by your tithing. It is the gift of God. And so we tithe because we love God as an act of worship. And we do it by faith. Not bringing ourselves under the law. Not saying things or feeling things like fear. Anybody ever know anybody ever tithed out of fear? If I don't tithe, God will get me. Well, God's not getting anybody, number one. And if you don't tithe... The windows of heaven are closed over you and you're cursed with a curse, but it's not God up there throwing down curses. The curse is already in the earth. Amen. And all he's saying is, you're not going to come under that umbrella. I mean, you're stepping out from underneath the umbrella of God. And the, Or, did you ever hear of anybody <laughs> say this? My, now, I'm going to tell you, my little grandfather used to say this. He didn't know any better. He didn't have revelation, but he used to say this. God gets his one way or another. <laughs> Did y'all ever hear that? 
If you don't tithe, God gets his one way or another, implying that God takes it away from you. See, if you put yourself under the law, God's not going to have to take it away from you because Satan will have a legal right to take 30% of your income. Because you don't pay your tithe, go back to the Old Testament, you're under that curse. And that curse, under the curse of the law, didn't pay your tithe. He said, make it up by the fifth part. You'll have Satan so big in your finances, God's not going to be doing anything. He tries to bless you back into His will. Amen. He's saying, tithe. Tithe. Get back in my will so I can bless you. Praise God. And then... um, uh, so, so those are some things that will bring us under the curse and even be tithing. And some of you may have walked there before, but quit walking there from now on. And start tithing by faith. Hallelujah. Now let's, I want to answer, we're getting late, but I'm going to answer these questions. Is it, well, I don't want to hair, I don't want to hair lip the governor, but I started to say, even if it does, you know. Y'all ever heard that saying? But I won't speak that, that's a curse. I don't speak that. Uh, let me see. Um, here's a question. Uh, do I tithe on the net or the gross? Well, let me give you an example to help you with this. Uh, first of all, let me show you. Sometimes we get so petty with God. Let's say you make $10 an hour and you work a 40-hour week. That equals $400 a week, right? And let's say your payroll taxes are 20%. So that would be on $400. That'd be $80. That'd leave you $320 is what your net salary is going to be every week. Okay, we're just estimating things here. So if you were to tithe on the gross, you'd be paying a $40 tithe. If you tithe tithe on the net, 80 out of 400 leaves you 320. You'd be tithing $32 a week. What is the difference between $40 a week and $32 a week? $8. See, a lot of times we get real nitty-gritty picky with God, and you're going, it's $8. Even if we didn't have Scripture, which we do, to prove otherwise, we, sometimes we fight over petty little things, don't we? We hassle with God over eight dollars, and, uh, um, <laughs> and and you know, and I know, there's three of us, Pastor and myself and Eric. We can't go to Arby's tonight and eat for eight dollars. I mean, eight dollars is nothing. You say, well, eight dollars is a lot to me. Not really. Not really. Not anymore. Not in this day and age. Oh, and then another thing, Proverbs three nine. Let's look at Proverbs three nine. I want to answer this question because people ask this. Do I tithe on the gross or the net? Well, I think I have scripture to prove it, but here's one thing I just want to say is, no matter what you tithe, net or gross, get in faith. If you can't get in in faith over net, then you better gross. Okay? And, and, And so get in faith and do it by faith. That's the important part. That's the most important part. Proverbs 3 verse 9 says, Honor the Lord with thy substance and with the first fruits of all thine increase. That right there would just nearly tell us first fruits, that the first fruits have to go to the Lord. Well, you say, well, I, I don't ever get to see that other. You know, my, 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 my boss, he withholds that. Well, I tell you, here it is. Here's one thing. Even the U.S. government thinks you ought to tithe on the first fruits. You know how I know? Because they said, they tell you, you can deduct everything you give before you pay taxes. When you get ready to have your income tax figured this month or next, yeah, I'll be this month, won't it? You're getting it figured. 
your accountant is going to take your gross wages. He's going to subtract everything you gave last year. And then he's going to figure what you owe the government. And you're going to get a refund probably based on that. See, the government says you ought to tithe on the gross. Actually, if you tithe on the net, you'll pay more taxes than if you tithe on the gross. You'll end up paying more taxes. Man, if our government thinks we ought to, we ought to. Amen. Yeah. Glory to God. I want to answer another question. Is it all right to tithe first when I have bills I have promised to pay? Now, there's been people that wrestle with this. They got these bills, and they're going, should I tithe first? I feel guilty because I promised I would pay these people, and yet here I am giving it to the Lord first. But you got to go back. You got to go back to the beginning, and you got to ask yourself, what did I owe first? Before you bought that car, did you owe tithes? Mm -hmm. Yeah. You owed tithes before you ever even thought of buying a car or buying a house or buying a TV on the credit or anything you bought. You owed tithes before that. And I'll tell you this, if you don't tithe, the windows of heaven are closed over you. That's what Malachi says. He says if we tithe, the windows are open. The family, if we don't tithe, the windows are closed. You will never get out of debt with a windows closed, uh, the windows of heaven closed over you. You have to have them open. And so uh, we have to, we need to pay our tithe first. And Jesus said in Matthew twenty two twenty one, and this forever answers that question. He said, render to Caesar the things that are Caesar's and render to God the things that are God's. The tithe is God's. Amen. He said, you need to pay your tithe, render it to him. Hallelujah. Now he said, and here's another one. Now I wanted to cover this because we read in Leviticus those scriptures. Do I have to catch up all of my unpaid tithes in order to be right with God? Okay. Well, people ask this question and maybe you've even wondered in your heart. New Testament saints are not required to catch up on their tithes. I want you to turn to Malachi chapter 3 and this is the last question and we're going to end with this. New Testament saints, hallelujah, we're not under the law. We're not under the law. When we realize that we need to be tithing, we start right there. I'm looking for Malachi chapter 3. Look at verse 7. Go back up. Even from the days of your fathers, ye are gone away from mine ordinances and have not kept them. They didn't keep the tithe, did they? He says, return unto me and I will return unto you, saith the Lord of hosts. He tells us right there, if we return unto Him, He'll return to us. He doesn't tell us, now make up all the back ties. He says, return to me, and I'll return to you. And then He says, bring ye all the ties into the storehouse. Right there, He's implying that you don't have to go back. When you start, start. And then, plus, I want to tell you that it, the reason we know that you don't have to make up back ties is it doesn't line up with the rest of the Word of God. If we don't have to pay penance or make up for other sins that we commit, we don't have to make up for tithing when we don't have a tithe. First John 2, 1 says, If any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. Philippians 3, 13, and this is a principle throughout the Word. This one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before. You know, there's another scripture that says that the mercies of God, they are new every morning. Amen. If you hadn't tithed in the past, forget it. Repent. Ask God to forgive you. Start today. Amen. You don't, don't make it up. Don't put yourself under the law. If you put yourself under the law, you'll be cursed. 
There's a curse associated with the law. We're not under the law. We are men and women of faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Let's stand up together tonight. Thank you, Jesus.